This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey everybody, welcome into a winning Monday here on the Black and Blue Report. Our podcast uh, comes to you from Studio B at the Oscar Sports Performance Center. I'm Sean Kelly and yeah, pretty good weekend, huh? Pelicans winners on Saturday over the Cavaliers and of course the Saints win their fifth straight of the season, knocking off the Chicago Bears yesterday 20-12 to at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, as John DeShazer said yesterday on our Saints postgame show, I guess the Saints are now kings of the north because they did a nice job making their way through the NFC North, capped off by yesterday's win over the Chicago Bears. We're going to talk with J.D. here in just a moment, get his Monday morning reaction to the Saints' win. Again, they win by eight yesterday. A Marshawn Lattimore interception kind of sealed the deal. The offense got on the board first, taking advantage of a Bears penalty, and then played out in front the rest of the way. The uh, Saints yesterday overcame a couple of turnovers uh, and also the fact that Drew Brees did not throw a touchdown pass but yet got the job done. And congratulations to Drew, by the way. Uh, 6,000 career completions now north of that, just the third quarterback to do so in uh, NFL history, joining Brett Favre and Peyton Manning. So uh, John DeShazer coming up here in just a moment. And then a bit later we talk more about the Pelicans who uh, look to make it a clean sweep of these three days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, when they host the Orlando Magic tonight. The Magic lost last night at Charlotte, so the Magic now 4-2. and two. The Pelicans 3-3 three and three, tip off at 7 o'clock tonight. Daniel Salerson will talk with Dante Marcatelli from the uh, Magic broadcast crew. That'll be in our third and final segment here today. Head coach Sean Payton had his Monday morning uh, conference call a short time ago. He, uh, By the way, he said that Kenny Vaccaro – uh, received a game ball for his performance yesterday. And Kenny's been playing very well all season long, but impactful plays yesterday. I can remember at least two tackles for loss that really came at a key time. Uh, and he is he is deserving, to say the least. Uh, Coach Payton talked about kind of the Monday morning uh, video review. Here's what he saw after going through the entire game tape. Well, first off, I thought some of the – some of the main things we had talked about as goals we accomplished. I thought we did a good job overall versus the, the running game. Uh, you know, I thought our guys inside played well, defensive tackles. Um, you know, there were there were a few big plays given up. You know, we missed missed it the long run early on. Um, I thought offensively, uh, Drew played well. I thought the ball was out a little too often for my liking. Um, but we made enough plays in the passing game. The early points we mentioned yesterday we thought were, were significant. I thought the kicking game, we were outstanding, barring the last uh, kickoff return by Chicago. But we changed field position. Thomas had one of his better games. Um, so there's some encouraging things on the film. Uh, and yet we're kind of going through some of the things that we have to improve on. And so now the uh, Saints obviously will prepare for division play in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Tampa Bay lost to Carolina yesterday. The Bucs seem to be reeling a little bit, and maybe this is a good time to catch them, and hopefully you keep them down for obvious reasons. Uh, we may see more of Willie Sneed this week. We may see a little Delvin Bro too. Uh, Sneed did not play a whole lot yesterday uh, he, as he continues to get back into football shape and work his way into a team that has won five in a row. And Delvin Bro is now available We'll see uh, 
What's in store for those two? Head coach Sean Payton once again. Well, I think like anything else, it's kind of happening with Willie Sneed. It's just getting the, the physical, the cardio, all the all the football playing elements up to speed. Um, and it's, I don't think you just flip the switch and then bang, you know. So I, I think the same thing's taking place right now with Willie. You know, you got several snaps yesterday, not as, not as many as probably we would have liked. Uh, and yet, you know, he's someone that we're going to need down the stretch. I, th- I think that same process will take place with Delvin. So, obviously, uh, Coach sees it as a, uh, a working situation there, obviously. Progression. That's a good thing. Um, we'll talk more about that with John DeShazer here in just a bit. Saints winners, Pelicans winners, we're all winners, right? <laughs> it's a Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans talk still to come. Up next, though, John DeShazer from NewOrleansaints.com. Breaking down yesterday's win and looking forward to the storylines of this new week. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. We heard some of uh, head coach Sean Payton during our first segment, obviously here on this Monday morning, following the Saints win. Now John DeShazer is in the studio B here at the Osher Sports Performance Center. J.D., great day yesterday. A win's a win, right? Yeah, you don't look them in the mouth when you've been seven and nine previous three seasons. <laughs> no, no. Uh, each one of them, so no, you, you're not looking anything in the mouth now. Yeah. Hey, by the way, continued prayers, please, for Zach Miller, the tight end for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it is a complicated and gruesome injury that he suffered yesterday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Got a long road ahead of him. Hopefully, things are going well here today after what we understand to be um, surgical intervention uh, last night, early this morning, something like that with him. That John, that that is the ding on the on the action yesterday to see a guy go out with an injury like that. Otherwise... I think both teams would agree that it was a lot of fun other than that. Yeah, I mean, those kinds of incidents went the rare times that they happen, but they obviously humanize everything. And, and yeah, you really just an awful thing to see and certainly awful for Zach Miller and his career and his family. And you just want him to be able to, you know, from everything you hear, they're just trying to save the leg. So, yeah. you know, that tells you how dire it is. Uh, but, you know, game-wise uh, for the Saints, obviously, you know, not a great, great clean game, but again, a win. I mean, a couple of turnovers in the fourth quarter make it probably a little bit more interest, interesting than it had to be. Uh, two of nine on third down conversion is yucky, icky, and all those kinds of things. But uh, you know what? One of the things that happens with a good team is you learn to win different styles of game. And so they've been able to win some different styles of game. They won a, a shootout with Detroit, and they won a couple of defensive battles. You know, they shut out Miami, and you know, they've been able to win despite some turnovers from the offense and despite this not being the traditional Saints offense that we're accustomed to. So, you know, it's a good thing to see that they've been able to adjust and, and still be able to win. Yeah. Uh, did anything that Coach Payton say today or even yesterday after the game surprise you in any way? No, not really. I mean, I, I think um, I think he's probably a little bit more encouraged than he wants to let on because, you know, you don't want you don't want the 
everybody to be walking around like, you know, it's Wintersville and, you know, tossing confetti in the air. But you've got to be impressed and happy with a five-game winning streak. Again, this team had won five straight since 2013. So it's got to mean some. It's got to be something. I mean, it, if it was routine and happened every year, then it, you know you kind of you know poo-poo it and downplay it. But you know this does not happen often. So you you have to be pretty proud of it and, and, and appreciative of it if you're on this staff and on on the roster. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up 2013 because the last time you won five straight, it was the playoff year. The last time you won a game where it was a grind like yesterday, less than 20 points. They did get to 20, obviously, uh, late, but. They almost won a game yesterday, scoring less than 20 points. That would have been the first time since 2013. John, you can't help but start to draw some parallels here. Well, I mean, certainly that I think 2013 was the last time the Saints had an effective defense. Um, the offense played better in, in 2013, obviously. This offense is still, you know, we're, we're seeing some, you know, this team is still trying to work out some kinks and, after a while, you know, you stop saying they're working out kinks, and that's just what the offense is mm-hmm. at some point. But now they have a defense that they can lean on. Uh, you don't have to, like, you know, be ashamed to have the defense on the field to try to finish out a game, which is exactly what happened yesterday. The defense finished out that game for the Saints yesterday. They gave up a couple of big plays, which is apt to happen in the NFL. But, you know, they were able to mitigate it, you know, gave up, you know, held Chicago to a couple of field goals a couple times when it was critical. Um, gave up that late touchdown, but didn't give up the two-point conversion. So, you know, they've got a defense that looks to be dependable. This is exactly what we thought we were seeing in training camp and in preseason. And then they go out against Minnesota, and Sam Bradford has one of the better days of his life probably. And then they play against New England, and Tom Brady has a Tom Brady day against you. <laughs> and so you'll start looking around saying, okay, well, was that smoke and mirrors in the preseason or or what happened, and and now it seems to be that, you know, that was closer to what actually this defense was as opposed to those first two games when they caught a couple of guys who just lit them up. Interesting that you bring that up. Well, this is a, this is a great tangent to run off on here a little bit. I was looking at the scores coming in yesterday, and then the obviously the records change, and so Minnesota with their win, I think they're at 6-2 and two now. New England, I think, picked up their sixth win yesterday. So the two teams that you've lost to, have as many wins as anybody else in the NFL right now at six. So I took that, I took that and said, mm, okay, well, now maybe makes a little more sense. And then Coach Payton made the comment yesterday about how his football team is going to have to be better against the upcoming better competition. So have the have the Saints simply just um, played to the back of the card, as you like to say sometimes, or you know have they? taking enough steps to where when they do run into another quote-unquote Minnesota or New England, it'll be different than what you saw in the first two weeks. Well, so to speak, I think they have played to the back of the card. I mean, they got Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. That was Brett Hundley making his first career NFL start. You get Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. He's making his fourth start uh, ever in the NFL. You get um, Miami with Jay Cutler at quarterback, and they looked – I don't want to say disinterested, but they didn't look all that into the game in in London. And you get um, Carolina with Cam Newton, certainly not the Cam Newton he was the next couple of weeks when I think he threw for 300-plus yards in both of those next two games, uh, lit up Detroit as Carolina won at Detroit. So, yeah, somewhat you play to the back of the card, and yet – these are games that the Saints didn't win the previous three seasons. True. So you get so you you know you kind of balance it out, and again, and maybe that's why 
you know, nobody is, is, you know, running around celebrating because, you know, they have beaten some teams that have been dinged up or a little bit lesser that on paper you go into the game and say, yeah, well, the Saints probably ought to win this game. But winning those games gives you confidence that you can do it against better competition because now you've done it and now you feel like, okay, well, we've got a little something going. We know what's successful. So what's the difference between executing it against Chicago or what's the difference executing it against Green Bay than it will be against Atlanta or Tampa Bay or, you know, Buffalo or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've, so you've got to build some confidence before you can, you know, face those teams and you put a little change in the bank because now you're five and two. And, you know, if you do hit a, hit a rough patch, you've got something to fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to rain on the parade. I'm also not trying to over. I mean, you you got to, you know, you got to be real. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be realistic about it. I mean, you can't, again, you can't do backflips over it. I mean, you know, there are, are, certain situations that you, you you can point to in all those wins and say, well, you know, even when the Saints beat Detroit, you know, Matthew Stafford was a little banged up. And Golden State got – Golden State? Golden Tate. <laughs> I'm thinking hoops. Golden State got knocked out of the game. No, Golden Tate got knocked out of that game. Uh, Detroit doesn't run the ball particularly well. And the Saints scored three defensive touchdowns in that game, which – it's something you probably can't count on every week. <laughs> Although they got more hands on the football again yesterday. Yeah, yeah, the whole I mean, thing is yeah. good for the defense right Yeah, now. they're doing yeah. a great thing yeah. in terms of forcing turnovers. They've already got nine interceptions this season in seven games. They had nine last season in 16. They had nine um, in 16 games in 2015. So they already have as many interceptions, that, and they pr- should be poised to get more. Uh, they're getting their hands on a ton of balls, and guys are making plays on the ball as opposed to, you know, having guys in position and not quite either forcing a turnover or getting their hand on the ball. Just, they, you know, they were just good enough to get beat as opposed to good enough to get the ball on the ground and good enough to get the ball in their own hands now. So, you know, that's a big, that's a huge turn, a huge turn of events. How about Marshawn Island? Uh, I'm not going <laughs> not to going go there that <laughs> yet. Yeah, five, six games does not a legend make. <laughs> and yet, and yet, you know, he's going to get some more chances to do some things because Tampa's going to come in with a couple of knockout receivers, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, he's going to see some really good – when you know, when the Saints play the Falcons, there's a dude named Julio Jones mm-hmm. who can play a little bit. So, you know, he's going to continue to be challenged uh, throughout and so far – you know, you, it hadn't looked like it's gone to his head, certainly. And when he's on the field, he's just making plays, man. He's, you know, he's a guy who he's tackled, he's covered, uh, he's pass deflected, he's got a couple of interceptions on his resume. I mean, he he looks like the real deal. Everybody said he was the top five pick, and somehow he slipped to the Saints at eleven, and they jumped because obviously they needed a cornerback. And man, he he looks like the real deal. If he can stay healthy, not wood. If he can stay healthy, because he had hamstring problems at Ohio State, and he had a little hamstring tenderness early with the Saints that they had to Back kind of camp, yeah. yeah they had to massage and monitor a little bit. But so far, man, he looks to be every bit as good as advertised. Yeah, I, I I've enjoyed it. That's for sure. Oh, what are, what are we gonna? What are, no, let me start again. What are we going to be talking about this week? Heading into Tampa Bay. Well, I mean, you got a, a division team. They've already played one division team, played Carolina, won that one. But you've got a, a Tampa Bay team that's struggling. And if you're the Saints, you want to keep them there. I mean, and you always, I mean, you start with the basic thing. You, you got to be able to take away the run. Doug Martin's back running the football for Tampa Bay. 
and he can give you problems. But if you take away the run and you put the ball in Jameis Winston's hands, and I know he's got a couple of fantastic receivers, but he's been fairly inconsistent, and that's what you're hoping if you're the Saints. Let's put the ball in his hands, and let's see what he can do. You know, if he gets on a hot streak, then you're going to have to live with it, but you got to take away something to force him into doing something and to being one-dimensional in that way. As uh, I think Coach Payton said it last week, you don't want to be in a situation where you got to defend everything. you got to be able to narrow it down to the certain few things that you have to defend because if you're defending everything, you're going to be in trouble. And if you can't stop the run, you got to defend everything. Yeah, good point. Delvin Bro, topic of conversation this week? Yeah, he uh, he looks like he's going to be back. He's going to be. This is the week he's eligible to come back from reserve injury, be on the active roster. Um, Coach Payton said on his conference call this morning that, you know, let's not – get too ahead of ourselves um he's gonna have to be worked back into the into the rotation much like willie sneed uh, we thought willie sneed has been ready uh, a couple of times and yesterday he was completely healthy by his standards and by the team standards he was full go in practice last week and yet he probably had less than 10 snaps uh, i don't think he got a target and you know you look at it and say well you know and i think coach payton said this morning look it takes you know he's got to be ready you know, in terms of cardio, and he's got to be ready, you know, football shape-wise and those kinds of things. So, you know, let's not assume that Delvin's going to get in and he's going to be back at, at cornerback starting because, you know, we know Marshawn Lattimore's got one cornerback lock, yeah. locked down. Well, Ken Crawley hadn't played his way out of the other no, one. No, <laughs> and it's, it's worth noting because whether it be Burrow or Sneed, Look, you've won five in a row. Yeah. Do you want to mess with anything right yeah. now? I it's mean, hard to change. Yeah. You, you don't know? all of a sudden say, well, you got a guy back, and let's just throw him in the mix here. Well, <laughs> you'd also you have one, as you mentioned, five yeah. in a row. And, again, hadn't done that since 2013. Right. You know, you, you know, look, coaches and players are as superstitious as anybody on the face of the earth. And if you got a good thing going, you don't just want to throw a wrench into it just because. Yeah, no, I think, I think we'll see them at some yeah. point. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if Delvin was inactive this week because he hadn't played in quite some time, and they're doing pretty well right. in his absence. So, um, and you know, you know, break glass in case of emergency or something. You can just, you really can kind of store him and have him inactive for you know another kind of a week or two until you really feel good about where he is and his comeback. Yeah, it's just it's. It's got no place where actually you've got some depth. I mean, Kakaha again was was inactive this past week. A healthy scratch, right? And don't think for a second if one of those other guys get nicked up, they don't feel good about reinserting him in. So yeah. I mean, th- we've we've reached this place here with regard to the Saints that we haven't seen in some time. There there are some luxuries here. Well, I mean, think about it. We've reached a point where this point last year and maybe the previous two years before that, if a key guy went down the defense pretty much went to pot. I mean, it was, it was you know, you couldn't afford to, you know, we saw the, the absence of Delvin Bro last year and what it meant. And when P.J. Williams got hurt too, both starting cornerbacks were out. And it was like, oh, my goodness, what happened and what else could go wrong with this defense? But now they can weather the storm of losing a guy or two. Now, you know, losing a Cam Jordan is going to be different, obviously, if you, if you lost him or the way Kenny Vaccaro is playing right now. If if he doesn't go to the Pro Bowl or if he in an All-Pro, then something ain't right with the system because Kenny Vaccaro is playing as well as you can possibly play at that position. Yeah. So, the, you, yeah, you've got a couple of guys who are untouchables, but you got the same thing on offense. If you lose a Drew Brees, what happens? 
So, you know, that's anybody in the league. Yeah, exactly. So you've got a couple of those guys. But for the most part, this is as much depth as we've seen the Saints have in a long time on defense. All right. Saints back to work on Wednesday, getting ready for another Sunday home game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Good talk. I'll see you tonight on the radio. Pelicans and uh, Magic tonight. Yeah, Pels have won three out of four, looking for four out of five, looking for three in a row. Looking for a winning record, yeah, John. Looking for I a think, winning record. Yes. I mean, all kinds of good stuff. And, and, and man, let's, let's boogie because Boogie Cousins is, is just killing it. He is. He's phenomenal. He's, He's the phenomenal. MVP of the you know, first two weeks. Yeah, I, I, you know, now if we, he doesn't get player of the week, yeah, we, come on. We saw him with Sacramento, and, and you know, you, you see him, you know, hot-headed and blow up. And, and But underneath all that, when he was playing, you'd be like, man, he can do some things that you just can't, you can't account for defensively. And now to have him on the team and see him doing those things routinely, it's like, yeah, that's your problem, you know, Western Conference. That's your your problem, Eastern Conference, because you know that big boy, when he's when he's focused, he can. Oh my goodness, he can do it. Yeah, I, getting to see him now on a daily basis, I truly now appreciate what kind of a talent he is. Really, really, and um, it'll be fun. Orlando is good, man. They are good. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, Daniel Salerson coming up in just a moment. He will be previewing. The Orlando Magic with his good friend Dante Marcatelli from the Orlando Magic broadcast crew. So, we'll learn more about the Magic tonight and we'll turn our attention to the Pelicans and the Magic matchup when we continue. What is big? Big is a ballin', shot calling, gravity defiant offense, and a lockdown defense. Big is you and your posse getting loud and proud. Big is an insatiable appetite for winning. Come see the Pels post up against Blake Griffin in the Los Angeles Clippers Saturday, November 11th at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. The Pelicans continue their three-game homestand against the Orlando Magic. To help us preview tonight's game, I welcome in my good friend Dante Marcatelli, sideline reporter for the Orlando Magic on Fox Sports Florida. Dante, always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Likewise, my friend. So you do everything. You do internet, you do podcasts, you do live play-by-play, you do a little bit. You're on television now, I see on Twitter. You're all over the place. That's why they pay me the little bucks, Dante. That's for sure. Yeah, that, that's why. When you first came here, all you did was make coffee for everybody. That's what you did. That's what you did. Now you're all over every every platform possible. We're happy for you. And it wasn't even good coffee, correct? It was very bad. Some of the worst coffee I've ever had. Yeah, I think that's why I was gone after one year. So, But we, we digress here <laughs> on this Monday. That's right. Uh, Dante, I, it's kind of like Ricky Bobby and also Joe Madden said, I mean no disrespect. And since I say that, I can say anything I want, but – Man, your magic are four and two. Who would have thunk it, huh? I know, I know. No offense taken. No, yeah. you're right. It's been a, it's been a rough couple of years. I think we all know that this thing didn't go the last five years like we'd have hoped. And uh, unfortunately, it, it, you know, the the rebuild kind of kind of set things back. But you, you didn't know at the end of last year uh, where where this team was going to be offensively. They were 29th in, in field goal, 29th in three point percentage, 29th and uh, 28th in field goal percentage. And now they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, second in three-point percentage and fourth in field goal percentage. So all of a sudden this team has, has found some sort of offensive explosion. And they've done it by sharing the basketball. And it sounds simple, and it's something that Frank has been preaching for a year, but 
they've really bought in and made a concerted effort to move the basketball, move opposing defenses, and be unselfish. They're playing for each other and not themselves this year, which is a lot of fun to watch. And uh, they, they don't care who gets the glory, who gets the credit. They, they just they, they just want to get to a point where they can win games. And, and I think, Daniel, that, that that's the thing. And, and, and you know, to, to some extent, you, outside prognosticators will look and say, okay, they only have such, you know, they only have these players. They only have these stats for the last few years. But what you can't measure is when a guy or a team gets tired of losing. Mm-hmm. That, that, that you, that's an intangible thing that you can't tell. And, and I think that's what we're seeing with this group. They're, they're, they're not happy with the way things have gone the last few years, and, and they're doing it by all means possible to, to try and turn things around. I think the Magic and the Pelicans are in the very same boat, that's for sure. Um, We all know what kind of athlete Aaron Gordon is, but I didn't really know what type of player he was going to be through his first two years in the league. But, man, through six games, Dante, he's shown us that he can really play. What's been different about him this year? Even though it's only been six games, uh, he's been playing really well so far. Well, I think he'll tell you he put a lot of pressure on himself the last three years, right? He he wanted to come in and prove that he was the fourth overall pick, and and he just I think he felt he had to do too much, and he was forcing things, and now he's been much more relaxed. He's letting the game come to him. He still has moments where he'll over-dribble or maybe try to force it a little bit too much, but it comes from a good place. It just comes from him. Not Instead of saying, hey, I haven't touched it in two or three minutes, I'm going to get shot up. Uh, regardless, it's okay, well, I, I have an opportunity here to score. I know I can beat this man off the dribble, or I know I can get to this spot on the elbow and, and get a little fall-away jumper. And, and so now it's within the flow of the offense, and he's not forcing it. And I think that's been the different thing. And, and he's, he's worked very hard on his jumper. He, last year was exclusively ball handling and three-point shooting. That's what he worked on last summer because the Magic were going to play him at the three with Serge Ibaka. Then I think the last 24 games of last year when they traded Ibaka and he shifted to the four, uh, today's NBA, as you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the way it's going and has been for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, and he was able to take those last 24 games, build confidence, go into the summer, work on his jump shot, a little bit more, and he's playing with tremendous confidence, shooting the basketball, and again, not forcing it, and that's that's allowed him to, to have the start to the season that he's had. How big has the addition of Jonathan Simmons been for you guys? Huge. Absolutely huge. You guys know how, how great it is to have somebody in the locker room that, I mean, you want to have good guys, and he's a great guy. He's a phenomenal guy, but he's got an edge. And have somebody in that locker room that's not afraid to get on, guys. Not afraid to to lead, to be vocal, to talk. And and I and I just I, I think that's a, a piece that has been missing from this team the last couple of years. This is a guy that's going to get after it. He'll guard anybody on the floor. He doesn't care. He brings it every single night defensively. Guys hate being guarded by him because I mean he he's on them. He's reaching. He's touching them. He's you know and he's he's physical. He keeps them away from the basket. So I think that's been a huge. Uh, a huge addition just on that, the, the leadership, the, the, how vocal he is and his defense. Well, now he's scoring. I mean, <laughs> he got 27 <laughs> points, a career high last night. He's playing with tremendous confidence on that end of the floor. He wanted a bigger role in San Antonio. He thought he could handle it. He thought he had earned it and thought he could be more of a scorer for them. And, and San Antonio didn't really see it that way. I, I personally think they didn't think he would leave, and he got a better opportunity, and he took it. And the Magic, I'm telling you, I, I honestly think that's one of the biggest steals of any team this summer was the Magic landing Jonathan Simmons. Not only with his play, what he adds defensively, and, and that scoring punch and how much he's anchoring that second unit, 
Um, but but just how much this guy means to the locker room and, and how he's kind of changed the whole dynamic and culture of this thing. So I, it's that has been as big a change as anything this past summer. Alfred Payton has been ruled out tonight and has only played in two games for you guys so far. Who's had to step up in his absence? Well, DJ has been phenomenal. You know, a New Orleans native, you know, New Orleans and Houston, and, and he's been phenomenal. Struggled last night mightily. That that, that was his, uh, his his toughest game of the season. That was just old seven from the floor, and Kemba Walker got anywhere he wanted. So uh, certainly a forgettable performance for him last night. He'll be looking to bounce back, but he's been the guy that's been setting the tone. With his ability to knock down knock down the three, it, it provides spacing, and uh, everybody's kind of been able to, to, to beat their man one-on-one. The ball has been moving, um, and you've got to respect him shooting that three. So uh, that, that he's been a huge catalyst, and Shelvin Mack has, has done a great job anchoring that second unit as well. Uh, so that, that's been a big part of it. And, and, you know, Simmons as well. You know, Simmons handles the ball a lot too, and he'll get out in transition and you know, Alfred's the best at the team as far as pushing the pace, getting guys out, hitting them in passing lanes, that, that up-tempo offense. Uh, but DJ's done a phenomenal job of that, and he adds the ability to knock down that three. So I think, I think the job, I think he takes uh, a lot of credit for that. I, I think Evan Fournier's been handling the ball well. He's off to a career year, 22 points a game. Uh, so, so there's been a few guys that have kind of picked up that that slack. You know, against Simmons and Mac, but uh, you hope to get EP back. He's, he's tremendous in the open floor, and he's worked incredibly hard on the defensive end. That, that's where he struggled mightily the last couple of years. So it, it certainly missed not having him out there. Um, but, the, but a lot of guys have filled in, and, and they're playing with great confidence right now, Dan. I, I think that's, that's the big thing. They're moving the basketball. They're shooting it with confidence. And they honestly feel going into any arena they can, they can win. Dante, I'm no extra, but I feel like tonight might come down to the front court play of both teams. What will be key for the Magic tonight? Well, I, I think as long as they don't try to, as long as they don't try to do too much, they continue to move the basketball. That's when they get in trouble, and they try to do one on one. If if New Orleans ramps up their defense and they 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 can't make that extra pass as easily, they don't trust the pass. They can get away from it a little bit, and they try to put their head down, go one on one, and go to the rim. And and Cousins standing under there, that's going to be a problem. So I I think that's number one. You got to continue to to trust your teammates and and move the basketball. And we have got to find a way to keep Cousins and Davis from scoring in the paint. This team gave up 66 point paints last night uh, to to the Charlotte Hornets, and I know Dwight Howard is a big reason for that. But Kemba Walker got wherever he wanted. Uh, Drew Holiday has that ability; he, he can handle the basketball. Jameer will be looking to attack here tonight, but but predominantly trying to find a way to keep Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins from scoring in the paint at will and uh, not getting second-chance opportunities. They, they get second-chance points killed Orlando last night as well. So I think those are going to be some of the key areas. The Magic have struggled defensively. Uh, they, they made strides going into last night's game, kind of took a step back. Uh, you know, as Kemba Walker just had a phenomenal night. But uh, as is the key for most teams, just trying to figure out what the heck to do with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. It's a tough task, that's for sure, but it should be a good one tonight at the Smoothie King Center. That's Dante Marcatelli, sideline reporter for the Orlando Magic on Fox Sports Florida. Dante, I'll see you at the arena tonight. Stay out of trouble today. I know you're a Bourbon Street guy, so kind of lay low before the game, all right? I'm going to try to lay low. Thankfully, it was a back-to-back, so we didn't get to do anything last night. But what smoothie should I get tonight? Can you answer me that in the Smoothie King Center? What's what's the go-to for you? I'm a gladiator guy, so I would go chocolate gladiator. That's just That's just my thoughts, though. Done. Done. See you tonight. All right. That's Dante Marcatelli. 
uh, from Fox Sports Florida. Sean, back to you. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. We'll look forward to tonight, uh, 7 o'clock tip-off at the Smoothie King Center. Coverage, of course, on the Pelicans Radio Network. Fox Sports New Orleans will have the TV side, Joel Myers, David Wesley, and uh, Jennifer Hale uh, tonight, again, with coverage, pregame coverage at 6.30 tip-off at 7. And then the homestand will con- conclude, rather, for the Pelicans on Wednesday. Gosh, the idea of... Uh, seeing these guys get off to a good start with the difficult schedule that was laid out, the Rondo injury and everything else, uh, to see them with a winning record for the first time, well, basically since, well, it's been over two years now. So I think there'll be a, re- a reward. I think it will propel them even further. Uh, it doesn't get easy. Uh, certainly there's a big, long road trip coming up again against some teams that you've struggled with at their place. But uh, you've got to kind of keep the momentum going tonight against a, an Orlando Magic team, as uh, Daniel and Dante pointed out, have done some nice things here in their first uh, six games despite losing last night's basketball game. So we'll see you on the radio tonight. Hopefully you'll get a chance to take the ball game in somehow, some way. Uh, I think the World Series takes a night off tonight, so you won't have to worry about staying up until like 1 o'clock in the morning to see the end of a World Series game. So just take in your Pelicans tonight. There's also a pretty darn good Monday night football game too, Denver and Kansas City. That's always very enjoyable. Uh, when those two teams meet up in what basically is a rivalry game. So that'll be uh, good to watch as well. And then we'll be back with you on Wednesday for our midweek edition of the Black and Blue Report. We'll be previewing the the end of the Pelicans' homestand and obviously jumping into Tampa week here with the Saints in earnest on Wednesday. Thanks again to John DeShazer. Appreciate those who helped uh, put together our uh, sound bites from head coach Sean Payton today. And, of course, Dante Marcatelli and Daniel Salerson. Uh, previewing tonight's Pelicans and Magic matchup. Go Pels. It'd be great. How about that? Win Saturday, Saints on Sunday, win tonight. That'd be a way to get going here as we uh, end October. Happy Halloween, by the way. Daniel, you dressing up? No. Fair enough. All right. With that, we'll say goodbye on this Monday. I'm Sean Kelly. Enjoy. Enjoy.